0: Hello and welcome to the weekly Bundaberg Now podcast. I'm Dana McGackis from Bundaberg Regional Council, and today we have another interesting programme with news and information from across the Bundaberg region. Soon we'll hear about the Utilitus Biohub, rare fruit trees in the Bundaberg Botanic Gardens, and hear a new tune from art as an act of optimism. But first, here's Michael Gory with the news headlines.
1: Thank you, Dana. Making news this week, Bundaberg Regional Council is seeking eco-destination status to recognise the area's green credentials and boost tourism. Eco-Tourism Australia has globally recognised guidelines for environmental sustainability. Only four other locations in Australia have successfully gained accreditation so far. Bundaberg leads the way with technology being deployed on farms to improve management and productivity. Suncoast Gold Macadamias has gizmos and gadgets to measure everything from tree health to soil moisture and weeds. Here's Jason Fleming from Oztec.
0: So, we um, specialise in spray drones, um, so, we do a lot of for a lot of the biggest growers around this area. We do different spray applications in hard to reach areas, wet areas, um, just crops that they don't want to damage their crop. A lot of different stuff with the spray drones.
1: Work is on schedule to upgrade the Gregory River Water Treatment Plant. Project Engineer Lee Wheeler and Mayor Jack Dempsey tell us more about the $18 million project to future-proof water supply to Childers and Woodgate. Earthworks around site are approaching completion with activities now focusing on the sludge drying beds. The majority of structural concrete is now complete with the project transitioning into a building phase with interconnecting pipework and mechanical and electrical fit out.
2: The Gregory Water Treatment Facility is so vitally important to the residents of this part of the Bundaberg region but also to the growth in this particular part of the region.
1: The Federal Budget has delivered good news for jobs and infrastructure. Mayor Jack Dempsey gives his commentary on what it means for the Bundaberg region. Well, the Federal Government
2: has delivered a positive budget, which offers a roadmap for recovery from the pandemic, which is affecting not just Australia, but the whole of the world. There are welcome funds here for local roads and community infrastructure, which will be fantastic for the Bundaberg region if we get our fair share. This will help to create jobs and provide lasting benefits. I'm also pleased to see the Building Better Regions Fund extended for a fifth round. The Bundaberg region missed out last time, but hopefully we'll be successful with our next application for a regional aquatic centre. Extra funding for water infrastructure is potentially positive for our region. I hope that uh, those discussions will also occur between the federal and state governments to tap into this for reinstatement of Paradise Dam to its full capacity so we can implement our pipeline of
1: investment opportunities. In sport, Peter O'Reilly won the richest ever greyhound race in Bundaberg with Flying Jet taking out the $25,000 winner's cheque in the Bundaberg Cup final on Monday. Flying Jet has now chalked up 15 wins from 52 starts. Finally, the Bundaberg Biohub Industrial Park is now open for business at the former East Bundaberg Wastewater Treatment Plant. Our reporter Wayne Hydrich spoke with Utilitas CEO Fiona Waterhouse.
3: Hi Fiona, Uh, lovely to be here today, Uh, obviously obviously a momentous occasion for Utilitas.
4: Yes, thank you Wayne, it's a big day today. It's taken seven years in partnership with the council to be able to start the process of repurposing this retired sewerage treatment plant into a next-generation industrial park that makes energy from uh, waste agriculture and and industry um, organic material.
3: So you've had the official unveiling of the plaque today. So where to from here, Fiona?
4: Yes, I think being on a plaque, it's a momentous... (laughs) (laughs) I'm down on a plaque. There you go. Um, So where to from here? Today we're open for tenancies... And so we've already been having some uh, discussions with potential tenants to come and locate. So people from aquaculture, food processing, uh, uh, different organic material processing, fertiliser. We've got some biogas companies like Energy 360 that are looking to locate their biogas facilities here. We're going to build uh, our own biogas facility here and uh, we've, we've got uh, ReCarbon from Silicon Valley who we're going to uh, produce hydrogen here on one of the tenancies uh, from our biogas and uh, hopefully where we've just cleared over here, uh, we're going to get a tenant who wants to come in and make food products or yeah, um, we're we're kind of putting the call out today and we want aquaculture tenants over here so we've got some vessels that are available to be repurposed for land-based aquaculture. We already have a master plan for the approvals on the site so uh, so long as the various tenants fit with the requirements of the site then um, the planning process should be a lot more streamlined than perhaps if they were trying to start from scratch on their own Uh, on their own site and I think we heard that today that one of the challenges when you we're manufacturing company or a new processor when you come into a new community is trying to find a place where you can plug and play your um, manufacturing facility and that's what we've set up here we want people to be able to come in and plug and play we can provide them uh, organic waste treatment we can provide them wastewater Uh, treatment, we can provide them electricity, gas, hot water, carbon dioxide, laboratory services because, of course, the Council have their NADA-accredited water services laboratory here, and we have a specialist uh, biorefining laboratory, including our pilot
3: plant that's out the front. How big a role is the Bundaberg region going to play in supplying raw materials to this facility?
4: Uh, Over time, a very, very big role because we hope to scale this facility to be a significant player in the biomethane and hydrogen space, Uh, and so over time, a lot. And I think in the, in the first instance, about 30, 40, 50,000 tons a year of material. But, uh, who knows where that can go in the future? Because some of the, um, some of the opportunities we have is being able to put crops that are really conducive to digestion and producing energy from the digestion process. We can actually pay farmers, uh, for a cash crop during the spelling time, the fallow time for their land. So it, there's always time that they have to give their land a break and in that time sometimes they pay to grow their own crop but we should be able to now pay them to grow a crop and and so it means they can restore their soil with a different kind of crop and achieve that outcome but also potentially make some money off that. So that's our longer term aim is to really fully embed the uh, agricultural supply chain at the front end and including at the back end the fertilizer end as well so that's, that's a key long-term objective for us.
3: Are you having any luck in getting the corporate sector lined up to uh, to invest in these types of facilities?
4: Well, we're very fortunate that we have finally found Smart Capital Invest and their Ethical Development Fund of Australia. And now, not only have they helped us finance the and carry out the demolition works to get the site prepared for tenancies, but they also have this fund that has an appetite that attracts investors that want to invest in exactly this. Kind of opportunity, and I think that for us has been the game changer. Uh, the traditional approach to financing uh, to financing projects is a little bit—it um, hasn't really kept up with where the the, the bioeconomy and other things are heading. And I think now that we've got this ethical development fund and the capability within Smart Capital Invest to help us originate these finances financing arrangements, uh, we're in a different we're in a different place.
1: Thank you, Wayne and Fiona. For more local news, visit bunderbergnow.com. Back to you, Dana.
0: Thanks, Michael. Now, here's Ray Johnson from Rare Fruits Australia chatting with us about a beautiful part of our botanic gardens.
3: We're at the Bundaberg Botanic Gardens and we're in the midst of a uh, a rare fruit collection that we have here. It was started about 10 years ago and over those years it's grown quite substantially and we have a number of fruiting trees here. The trees uh, in this collection here, we we call them all rare fruits and there was a time when all of them would have been quite rare to Australia because they're mostly, nearly all exotics. They've come from overseas and some of them have slowly been introduced to Australia. It's unlikely you'll find some of these fruits in a fruit shop, uh, mainly because... They don't transport well, they don't last long. Uh, They need to be picked off the tree and eaten straight away.
0: So Ray, we're almost halfway through spring already. How are the plants going?
3: This spring has been an amazing flowering of all sorts of trees and no less here in the gardens. We've had trees flowering that uh, haven't done much flowering in the past but now are just looking fantastic the giant lao lao or new guinea lao lao beautiful bright red scarlet red flowers and they're really outstanding and then the fruit continues on to be red as well Uh, another interesting one that we have here is the imbi which is a, a west african tree and it has just literally thousands and thousands of small flowers the branches are actually solid flowers but as it goes on a lot of the flowers fall away and we finish up having just a few odd fruit along the branch.
0: Do we have any Australian native plants in the rare fruit tree orchids?
3: One of the native plants that we have in our garden here is the finger lime. And we have one here that's doing very, very well. They're a rainforest tree, Australian rainforest tree. And the fruit of this one uh, has a black skin and red flesh. And we at the moment we have quite a substantial crop. They're very popular. You can use the fruit in drinks, in salads, stir fries, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of interest in them at the moment.
0: Wow, there's so many interesting fruits. Can you tell us a bit more about a few more?
3: Another interesting fruit that we have here is the Jabodicaba And the interesting thing about Jabodicaba is that they grow right on the trunk of the tree, even from the base of the trunk all the way up to the upper branches. So it's, uh, it's an interesting one to, to look at as well. One of the trees we have in the collection here is the Panama berry. And it's very sweet. It's about the size of a, a small strawberry, I suppose. Matter of fact, sometimes they call it the strawberry tree. You have to be quick to get them, though, because the birds also love them. Matter of fact, the fig bird is usually sitting there waiting for them to ripen. Uh, the taste is, uh, I suppose, a strawberry fairy floss type taste. A bit unusual. Like all the things in here, they're all a bit unusual. The jackfruit uh, takes quite a few months to ripen and they can grow very large, it's I think known to be one of the biggest fruits in the world. Uh, This one here is not quite the biggest in the world but it's uh, still interesting to look at. The fruit tree we have here in front of us is the uh, cherry of the Rio Grande, it's a Brazilian tree and was introduced to Australia quite a few years ago but it's never been uh, good in the marketplace. The fruit is way too soft and wouldn't transport well but to have one in your backyard is a great asset. One of the trees that we have in the collection here is called the miracle fruit and the reason it's called the miracle fruit is because when the fruit is ripe and you can eat it and you think well there's nothing very interesting about that but if you have a lemon nearby and taste that lemon it will make The lemon tastes sweet, and that's a miracle. The rare fruit garden collection here is well worth having a look at. Um, Bring your camera along because you you never know what you're going to find. They flower and fruit at different times, mainly through the warmer months, but even in the winter you can get some things.
0: And for those of us interested, can we try any of the fruits?
3: Yes, come along, and if there's fruit on and it's ripe, and you know it's ripe, you're sure it's ripe, Then have a taste.
0: Thanks, Ray. Now, we've got another great tune. The Arts and Cultural Services team have been working with local artists through the Regional Arts Development Fund to showcase their original work right here on the Bundaberg Now podcast. A total of 11 artists will be featured throughout the upcoming weeks, and this week we will hear from Chelsea Statchbury.
1: The Moncrief Entertainment Centre, Bundaberg Regional Galleries
4: and Bundaberg Regional Libraries. And together,
3: we're Arts Bundaberg. Bundaberg.
4: We love the arts just as much as you do. And whether you're a book lover, an arts lover or a theatre lover, the arts and cultural services of the Bundaberg Regional Council are connecting locals all in one place. To keep up to date with the things you love, jump online to artsbundaberg.com.au. Hi,
0: my name's Chelsea Stutchbury. I'm a singer, songwriter, and producer currently completing my honours year of a Bachelor of Music Contemporary at the Sydney University Conservatorium of Music. I wrote, recorded, and produced this song titled The Butterfly, which is about my grandfather who passed away when I was 16. He was like a father to me, and although he's no longer with me in person, every time I see a butterfly, I like to think it is his spirit watching over me. I hope you enjoy this heartfelt track.
3: Hi, this is Duchess Fan. Please leave a message.
5: life. My- Sometimes it feels like you never left it all Call you up and there's no answer Pretend you're out just watching the weather time i see a butterfly it feels like you're nearby you're watching over. Oh.
1: As an Act of Optimism, the podcast series brought to you by the Regional Arts Development Fund, a partnership between the Queensland Government and Bundaberg Regional Council to support local arts and culture in regional Queensland. Keep listening to the Bundaberg Now podcast to discover more talented artists within our region. To keep up to date with all things arts, jump online to artsbunderberg.com.au. That's all for today.
0: We hope you enjoyed the program. Join us next week for more news and stories from across the Bundaburger region. Bye for now.